Do you wish it was easier managing your company's finances? Why is filing accounts so painful? Well, that's the reason we've partnered with Intuit QuickBooks, who make it really easy for founders and their companies to stay on top of their finances. And that goes for sole traders too. QuickBooks can save up to seven hours a week on your finance admin. Seven hours! They do a bunch of things to help. Whatever stage of your business, from centralizing all your docs for your self-assessment to making it easy to do payroll for your staff, from invoicing to effective time tracking. QuickBooks is a one-stop shop that gives you the tools you need to take care of your business. But they also provide an end-to-end view of your company's financials, which means you can make better business decisions. It's simple to use. You can get started in just 15 minutes. So if you want to take control of your finances, then head to quickbooks.co.uk forward slash secret leaders. That's quickbooks.co.uk forward slash secret leaders. There's a link in the show notes. I was like, right, it's great. It's Friday. Let me sit with this decision. And I worked out a plan of what I would need to do in terms of money mainly. And I just thought about it over the weekend. And I woke up on Saturday and I felt, it felt right. It felt like the right thing to do. And then um, Sunday, it still felt right. And then Monday, I was like, I told all the team. So it literally was decision on Friday, told my team on Monday. That's Emma Sexton talking about her decision to close down her business hands down in July 2022, a few months before this was recorded. Hands Down were a strategic brand agency, a B Corp, and counted Google, Snapchat, and Silicon Valley Bank as some of their clients. At the beginning of the year, they were well on their way to doing a million pounds in turnover in 2022. So, what went wrong? From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta, and this is our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. We're doing this because we learn a lot more from failure than success, but we hardly ever hear about it. We're changing that with the help of entrepreneurs like Emma sharing their worst moments. Emma set up her agency in 2013 in her spare bedroom on her laptop with just a thousand pounds in savings. She'd never run a business before and had been an employee for the past 20 years since she was 18. Like every founder, she had to learn on the job. I've had 10 years at going through the ranks, like as a designer, you're a junior designer, senior designer, creative director. I felt like I was a junior entrepreneur, a senior entrepreneur, you know, coming up to a much more like established entrepreneur. Um, and, And I felt like as I was building the business, I was also learning to be an entrepreneur. I was learning a completely different skill set, And that is brilliant in terms of challenge, you know, being challenged, uh, the constant creative problem solving that you have to, to do, which I love. But equally, it's really, really quite exhausting. And actually, uh, you know, I had to shapeshift that agency several times to undo the mistakes that I made in the early, early years. In the early years, they were making 200 to 300,000 pounds a year. But of course, Emma wanted more. I always had it in my head that I wanted to make a million pounds, right? I love making money. Uh, and I think, you know, money gives me freedom. Money allows you to, to, to do things. But also for me, that million pounds was about, it was a stretch goal for me because I felt like if I could get the business to a million, I would really have to learn how to be a brilliant business person to have the right things in place to sustainably do a million pounds. So that was really a stretch goal. And it, it was my constant... Um, my constant target. Pre-pandemic, hands down, we're turning over half a million pounds. But COVID seemed to be the end game. The pandemic was really hard because it totally wiped us 
well, not really wiped us out, but it really floored me. I had to make peace that the business might die. And in the end, I was like, you know what? I'm going to leverage the business as a way to get me and the core team that I had at the time. We didn't know that furlough was happening. I was like, this is something we can leverage. But we did make it through the pandemic. We stuck really close to our clients. I didn't do new business. All the agencies were doing new business. I was like, I'm going to stick to my clients. We came out of the pandemic. At the end of 2021, we got back up to half a mil, which was a really brilliant achievement. And I knew I had the things in place to now get us to a million. And that's things like having a mixture of clients where Google had been a significant part of our revenue before pre-pandemic. We now had an even spread of clients with about 20% of your yearly revenue from each, which is exactly where you want to be um, at an agency. I was out of the business. That's the other thing as a creative founder, you spend your time stuck in the business. I'd worked really hard to get myself out and extract myself out. So I was free to do the sales and the new business. So we had a strategy for this year, which was going to hit a million. And I was I was really quite confident that we were going to get there um, or, or just shy of it for sure. Emma was so close to achieving her goal. We had a brilliant Q1, totally smashed our targets. So we needed to do around to 250k um in q1 and we did about 300k i think so we totally smashed it you know really really great guns our clients were great the wider economy was talking about this was going to be a bumper year we're going to come out of pandemic everything's great whilst things were looking bright for her business emma was dealing with a very hard situation in her personal life her father who had terminal prostate cancer had been told there were no more treatment options the year before So in the back of my mind, I've got my dad with 12 months to live and I'm trying to run a business, trying to be ambitious, but equally I'm well aware that at some point he is going to die and I'm going to have to deal with that and run a business. So I think I was trying to get everybody in place. I knew that I could theoretically drop out of the business and the business would keep running, but sales and marketing was our weak link at the time. So really, you kind of need all bases covered. You need good, strong client relationships. But if clients drop their revenue, you need to have your good sales and new business that would allow you to compensate that or dial up hard. So our sales and marketing was weak and I knew that. And I think I sort of had my fingers crossed that we could kind of ride out until dad passed and then I'd be able to get on it. Everything was in place and we we could hit it. And then we sort of had a, a really slow Q2. I started to take some time out of the business. My sister came over to try and see my dad before he died. Uh, so I had two weeks and then she went back and my dad just went absolutely downhill. He totally gave up and he spent three and a half weeks in hospice. And for those three and a half weeks, I didn't care about the business. I wanted to be with dad. That was really important. Emma's dad passed away. And during the time she spent with him, the macroeconomic climate worsened. When she came back to hands down, the company was facing a very different situation than at the beginning of the year. In about a space of two weeks, I had some critical conversations that started to really make me nervous about the business. Uh, We had a client that was starting to in-house. We had a client that cut its budget. We had a new client that had a massive budget, budget cut. So it was almost like in the space of two weeks, suddenly all our work was dropping away and we were left with a massive gap at the worst time of year to have a massive gap, which is June, you know, uh, like it was May, so May time, you know, sort of July, August are quiet months. 
And I basically looked at my numbers and I was feeling so stressed, more stressed than, I, than I've ever felt because I was looking at how much the business was costing. You know, you're burning through 20, 30 grand a month. Suddenly I'm like, okay, well, we can cover July. I can get into a bit of debt for August. But if work hasn't picked up September, October, suddenly I'm in quite a lot of debt. And I basically just had a total like stick or twist moment. I looked at the numbers. I'm like, if I pull the plug now, my team are going to get six weeks notice. I can pay them. I can help them find jobs. I can pay all our debts, not the civil loan. Or I keep going. I work like an absolute beast at the height of my raw grief. And then I'm going to end up with a business that's already going to be on the back foot. And, you know, we're on sort of a snakes and ladders Felt like we'd, you know, slid right back to the beginning. Emma was in the eye of a brutal storm and she hadn't been considering all her options. I remember talking to my boyfriend and I I just broke down and I was like, I'm really stressed about the runway, about, you know, that and all the, you know, I'd gone into kind of proactive road mode. I sent my board a WhatsApp note with about 20 different initiatives I was going to do to drive business. All of them pretty smart, to be honest. I was like, yeah, like... Um, but I spoke to my boyfriend about it and he just said to me, he said, you know, you could do all that, but you could you could just stop. And I don't think I'd really seen it as an option because that was I was on, on this plan. I was on this treadmill to get to a million. And then I was a bit like, okay. And, and thinking about that and, you know, that felt like failure to me, not reaching that million. That had been my milestone since since day one. Like, could I, you know, and it was a real sort of soul search. Like, what does that mean about me? Like, to me, it was also about the, the, the future. So if I kept going, the consequences of the debt on the business, what that would mean for me, what would that mean for my goals, for, for what I wanted? And also, did I want to do that? Did I actually have the will? And I think ultimately I can give you all these excuses, you know, or like valid excuses, but I think underlying all of this, I'd really lost the will with the business. And I think this was a make or break year for me. And I was like, this business really needs to start paying off for me. Otherwise it just feels like pushing a boulder up a hill. And I think it was a really important moment to take stock and go, it's time to quit. It's time to stop this now. Um, and uh, I don't have any regrets. <laughs> Losing a loved one often forces people to reflect on who they are and what they want from life. If they're happy with what they're doing, it happened to me when I lost my father. It gives you a certain perspective. Dad's death just made me, made me prioritise taking care of myself because I can work like a beast. Like I can just, and I just felt like I was pouring more and more and more effort into something and getting less and less out of it. And, you know, okay, I'm upset now, but... My dad was my biggest champion as an entrepreneur. My dad was my biggest champion as an entrepreneur. He was an entrepreneur himself. He'd be livid if he if he knew or felt like his um his his death, his cancer journey had anything to do with my business. He'd be really, really livid about that. And I certainly wouldn't use that as an excuse. I think it helped me realize what was important. And I think, you know, I love being an entrepreneur. I love business. The business was was all consuming to me, but growing a business is a really exciting place that you can, 
you know, I started that business from a laptop in my spare bedroom with, you know, about a thousand pounds in savings and created, you know, a business I'm really, really proud of. But I don't think things should be that hard. And I I felt like when I looked around at other agencies, I just felt like there were lots of things we still didn't have right, that I didn't have right, that were going to be a barrier to us being a really successful business. And when I say successful, I mean growing it to an exit and me changing my life financially. Hell yeah, I exactly wanted that. And, you know, for me to even do an M&A where, you know, yes, you perhaps get some shares in in another business, but then you're employed in someone's business, that wasn't success to me. Success was, you know, building a business, building a, a uh, a workplace that I loved and other people could thrive. That's always been a goal. And then to change my life financially. And I just felt like that business was not going to do it. Shutting down a business you've worked so hard on takes a lot out of a person. But that wasn't what brought Emma to tears. I haven't cried about shutting down the business at all. The business is not my identity. I, I've loved it. You know, I haven't cried. I tell you when I cried, I tell you when it felt like failure, when I had a an interview for a job in September. I had, you know, I made the announcement and I took some time off and I saved lots of conversations for September. And some of those were jobs. And in my head, I was like, do I stay as a company of one or do I take a job? And my head was going, you need to take a job. A job would be good for you. You'll learn stuff in a different context. You'll go in at a different level than when you started your business. You should do it. I got an offer from an absolutely incredible agency, an agency I respect, their founder, I know, offered me an awesome opportunity to launch their London office, like dream, total dream job. And I said, yes, in my, in my head. And I told my boyfriend, I told my mom, I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. It's going to make sense. I woke up the next day. I got on the tube. I thought about the reality of that job, like the day to day. And I burst into tears on the tube and I had such a physical, it was all, I can only describe it as total heartbreak to be, doing that and it made me realize that actually that's failure for me like living out somebody's else's vision is what I work so hard not to do it's the whole reason I stopped being an employee because I wanted to stop working on somebody else's dream and that felt like failure to me Emma Sexton on the importance of being true to ourselves If you want to share the lessons you learned from your own failure story like Emma, then email us on hello at secretleaders.com. We'd love to hear from you. I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta. Give us a follow on your podcast app and share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. See you next time. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.